Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. We're joined today by Michael Richardson from TPLC. Good afternoon, Michael. Hi, Simon. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Sunny day. So, Michael, it'd be good if you could give some background of how you've got to where you are today with TPLC, and then we'll get a little bit deeper into what you guys do and some of the cool stuff you're working on. Okay. Uh, so, TPLC is a it's, it's not so young company anymore now. We're, we're five years old. Uh, we started in 95 with the basic principle of looking at how robotics are going to develop within industry. The industry that we thought would be a good one to support was the cleaning industry uh, because it's not a particularly easy job. It's not a particularly well-rewarded job, uh, giving the staff some support and some uh, extra free time. Uh, by getting some robots to do the, the vacuuming bit just seemed to make sense. So that's kind of where we started off. And what did you do before TPLC? Before TPLC, I was in the mobile phone industry. This was actually one of the drivers that said, why robotics? It's because I saw the mobile phone industry go from being high-tech, low-volume in the uh, mid-80s to being even higher-tech, but massive volume as we get today. Robot vacuum cleaners then, people all think Terminator, they've come to take over. It's all all a bit scary or a bit far out, but actually, like you, you've seen it more than me, I've seen them working, going down corridors in hotels and the like. So yeah. talk to us a bit about the, the concept, what they do, what they don't do. They're called Abbey and they live in the Hive, is that right? Yeah, yeah they're called Abbey, they live in the Hive. So so the idea is you, you, you have 10 Abbeys, so, and those 10 abbeys then live in a hive. I don't want to run on to too much into the R&D in the future, but eventually you'll end up with what's called a colony. And so not much honey, I assume. We don't have no honey at all, unfortunately. <laughs> so the, the, the whole principle was that, is that if you look at traditional cleaning methods, that someone's got to go to a storeroom, bring out some sort of tub vacuum, find a plug, plug it in, vacuum the next... 20 meters or whatever the length of line is for that that cable go back unplug it move to the next point and so on and so forth and that's a pretty laborious and thankless task whereas with the uh, the abbeys we do them on the hive because one robot uh on its own doesn't actually achieve a massive amount whereas of course if you have a, a large swarm of them then they can achieve a huge amount so we do them on a hive so a cleaner would have 10 robots and those 10 robots would be good for around about seven to eight thousand square foot of office space so they can get through quite a bit of cleaning while you're doing something else hence where we we met because we were doing some timing validation of what is the opportunity to concurrently task so the abbeys are cleaning the floor while the colleagues are cleaning office room whatever it whatever it might be Cleaning robots, current kind of climate, we won't spend too much time in where we are today. We'll look at the future. People are looking at health and safety, the whole sterile, disinfected environment, cleanliness, I think is going to be top of the agenda for pretty much every organisation, uh, even more so. So where do the robots, the abbeys play a part in all that? Well, the, the main bit is freeing up time. I was I was talking to one of our corporate clients just the other week they were saying about every single door handle has to be uh, sterilized and they need to use a barrier technology so that make sure that it remains sterile for at least one working day and 
that that's fine and it's easy to say but they had 1400 door handles in the building wow so that's a heck of a lot of door handles that, that you're going to have to do now your two options on that are either you need to employ an awful lot more people but of course getting uh, cleaning staff isn't particularly easy anyway at any time of the year because as i say the, the pay and rewards aren't fantastic uh, or the alternative is you need to free up time that those those uh, staff have got and one of the biggest areas we for time is is vacuuming in in most circumstances vacuuming represents somewhere between 15 and 50 percent of the time that, that a cleaner spends to in, in in their job and so yeah it's, it's it's just a creator of time really so where where do these robot vacuum cleaners work best is it just carpeted areas or do they work on hard floors yeah they can work on virtually any floor type and we can adjust them as well to work in different sort of scenarios and different sort of situations uh, where we can enable them to climb up little bumps and keep going if they've got to go from a hard floor to a carpeted floor or vice versa can have little bumps not be something they can uh, climb on if uh, if you've got a lot of loose cabling or something like that underneath the desk so we, we adjust them so in each environment you have a slightly different requirement and a slightly different working process but if but you can split the environments i i guess into three key areas which would be general open plan office uh, schools, uh, predominantly secondary or college, and uh, hospitality, uh, mainly hotels. Uh, you can split those into three different areas and say, right, in this particular area, these are the efficiencies you're going to create, and this is the time you're going to save, uh, which uh, historically would have been how much money you're going to save. But as I say, I, th- I think the saving money bit's gone out the window. It's now making sure things are absolutely spotless. So it's more about creating time for uh, the cleaning staff to be able to do a really good job. And is it the kind of thing that you could automate in terms of does somebody need to be there when they're they're operating? If it was a let's say a school after school hours, could they could they be off and cleaning while there's nobody in the facility? Uh, for sure, there will come a time when that when that becomes possible. But at the moment, you still have uh, uh, small areas where the cleaner still needs to to give the robot a little a little bit of support. So if you took a school and as, as an example. 99% of the time they're going to be absolutely fine but somebody one day will leave a thumping great big rubber on the floor and that'll get stuck in the brush and, and therefore the robot won't clean. Now obviously if someone's using a tub vacuum then they see that piece of rubber and when it blocks up they can stop vacuuming and get the piece of rubber out but the as it stands at the moment it's still best to have an operator there especially where you've got a single robot in a single room. When you get into the really big office space and you've got 30, 40, 50 robots on a single floor, then obviously it doesn't really actually matter if one of them gets stuck on something or, or, or fails to work properly because you've still got 40 or, 50 or 49 or 39 or whatever still working, still doing the job. The, we are very focused on working with cleaners rather than working instead of cleaners. And if in that example I've got 50 on the go, do they... How do they know where each other are? Is that not how it works? Right. So at the moment, what we do, we've made a commercial decision on this, is is we keep the tech in the robot as low as possible because that means the robot as a unit cost is as low as possible. As we are developing, as I touched on earlier on, so we, we have a single robot, which we call Abby, and then a multiple of 10 of those robots go into the Hive trolley, which is a storage, uh, charging and transportation device. 
as we go further down the road, and we're talking quite a long way here, probably uh, 18 months to two years, the hives will be able to talk to individual robots and each hive will be able to talk to another hive and then as a mass they'll be able to talk to the operator uh, via what we're going to be calling a colony controller. At that point you will be able to segregate the room and say right those five robots go and clean that corner. We put 15 down the main walkway is the, because that's the busy footfall area, that's the area that's, that's, that uh, is going to have the highest level of debris on and we put 15 or whatever in another area. So you'll be able to segregate the whole thing and control where each individual robot's operating and how it's performing. So the, the cleaner becomes the queen? The cleaner becomes the queen, absolutely. Excellent. Well, let's hope the robots don't build another queen cell and kill her off. <laughs> yes, I'm sure the they will. The life, the life of bees. And, and, and this is the other thing that I think is important in, in, in touching on. You know, 20 years ago, cleaning was, 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 was a vacuum cleaner and a mop and, 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 and that was it. Today, technology has moved so far forwards with some of the barrier technologies that are available for uh, protecting us from viruses and bugs and things. And with the robotics, in a lot of senses, cleaners are becoming technicians. Yeah, that, that role's changing dramatically. So are there other areas where you think robotics or tech will influence the future of cleaning and it may even be sped up by pandemics? I think there's, there's, there's uh, several points where, where things are going to improve. One side is within smart offices, making better use of space and also ensuring social distancing and, and everyone's safe. That's going to become much, much more important. And as you put in a, a, a smart office system, then, of course, you end up with or you should end up with smart cleaning because the cleaners then know which areas have been used and therefore which areas need to be cleaned and they're not cleaning the whole site. So there is there is uh, uh, an infrastructure improvement which is definitely going to come with time. And then of course there are small product improvements. So at the moment our little robot vacuum cleaners and, and there are others but obviously ours is perfectly the best. We have uh, uh, also there are large scrubber dry units and uh, which are robotic we ourselves are going to be bringing in a small scrubber dry unit so as it can uh, get into small areas but they're, they're going to be suitable for different sort of sites and you will be adding window cleaners and other uh, pieces of equipment uh, which again will just simply make people's lives a little bit easier and also make people's lives a little bit safer uh, especially when you look at uh, outdoor window cleaning and such yeah, I think I think that's important because there'll be lots of focus over the coming months and years on cost reduction and lines of efficiency. But there, there always needs to be that balance. Certainly, when you're talking health and safety hygiene of improving the quality, yeah, rather than just cutting cost. Uh, and I, I assume this will expand into things like garden gardening as well. Potentially, I've seen on the market already. There's um, garden. There's robotic mowers, for example. Uh, yeah, I was up at trying to remember which university it was. Now I think it's University of Nottingham, where, where they uh, had some running round uh, mowing the lawns for them, uh, which which was uh, good to see. So yeah, it's, it's 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 all coming. And at the moment, the the difficulty is is trying to make the system good value for money. And that's why, as I said earlier on, we keep the robots basically quite dumb because we can make them good value for money then for the for the client. But as time develops, then they will become more and more intelligent. But I would expect, as as per with other industries, that the, the pricing itself won't actually go up 
just the cost of technology will come down. And that's when you will start getting those those double wins where you will have an improvement in, in productivity, you will have an improvement in performance, and because you've got a productivity improvement, you will have a cost improvement. Potentially, then, we've got a bunch of robots potentially doing different things as well. So some doing the scrubbing and the cleaning, some doing the hoovering, maybe linked to usage, so high-touch high areas versus areas that haven't been used in this smart office environment, linked to smart energy so you know lighting and water and heating maybe you've got one doing the grass out the front maybe you've got one that comes down and does the window so that there's a whole like you say i've never actually really thought about it that whole janitor housekeeper whatever role it might be that looks after that they become a lot more technically minded rather than physically doing oh absolutely yeah, I can I can certainly see a time in the future when the person who's responsible for vacuuming floors in a big office block doesn't actually touch a vacuum. They walk around with a tablet and they're controlling everything off the tablet. And they can see the status, they can see how full the the um cartridges are, they can see who needs charging, all that kind of stuff. I assume it becomes a, a visual dashboard of what's been done, what's not, and then status updates. Yeah, and then they can intervene when 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 needed. And they can manage the whole process. Amazing. I mean, it, it sounds crazy, but actually a lot of what we talked about is already in place in terms of the, the robots moving around, the garden mowers and a light. So we're not we're not talking a seismic jump here and in 10 years' time, some of this stuff's actually in play now, right? Yeah, a lot of this is already in play. The, the, uh, the big step change that you're going to get going forwards is whereas a group of people can easily work together, uh, making a group of robots work together is a lot more difficult. And uh, that's where your next step change is going to be. And as I say, we think we're about 18 months, two years from that. Mind-blowing in some respects, but like you say, time moves quickly. And in 18 months' time, the whole tech games move forward anyway. Yeah. So that'll be, um, yeah, that'll be amazing to see. So in terms of TPLC, you've talked about the next 18 months where where are you guys going to be in the next kind of five years what's the what's the ambition what what crazy things are you looking at i th- there's a whole range of different areas and, and and an awful lot of it we as i say we, we don't actually know ourselves we we can only guess and plan and for sure some of the ideas we come up with will, will prove to be rubbish and hopefully some of them will prove to be good we think that that tplc as we as we move forward will ultimately be a major player in the facilities management and cleaning industries and we'll be doing that as i say even in five years time we'll be doing that in conjunction with cleaners not as a replacement of cleaners a lot of people look at robotics and think oh this is we we will no longer need a cleaner and we'll no longer need to have staff in a building there's a little secret about robotics and you can google this anytime the first robot introduced into a production line was by General Motors in 1967. Now there are millions of robots in millions of car factories around the world and there are now more people employed making cars than there were when the time the robots were introduced and we're looking at exactly the same thing. So robots will do certain jobs and certain jobs they'll be better than than, than people at doing them but they'll never be able to do them without people supporting them. So I, th- I think in five years time TPLC will have created a market where lots and lots of robots are being used, but equally it will have secured and improved uh, many jobs within the cleaning industry. And 
elevated the value of those cleaners from being somebody that just uses a mop and a bucket to somebody that's actually a technician. Yeah, that that's the thing that's really resonated with me during our chat is the whole thinking about how that role of the housekeeper, the cleaner, evolves with the tech rather than just giving them a pad or giving them a tablet or giving them a, a phone to monitor the status. Is that to get the best out of this, what I'm seeing is you work in conjunction with the tech, you evolve that role of the, the cleaner to be more potentially tech savvy and do different things to maximise the efficiency of that work that the, the robot vacuum cleaner and the other items might do in the future, rather than them just stood looking at a pad waiting for it to turn green, red, amber, whatever it might be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, re- really interesting. So, Michael, I've enjoyed the, the chat. I've, I've learned a lot. It's made me think, actually, as I, as I just said, about some some things I'd, I'd never even considered in this whole AI robot environment. One question we're asking everybody that comes on the podcast is, what's the best bit of business advice you've ever been given? Probably get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, it starts, it starts the day and it keeps you busy, doesn't it? <laughs> it, it does. Good, good. So if people want to find out more, Michael, yeah, they can find you on LinkedIn. So Michael Richardson, TPLC, the website address is? It's uh, tplc.uk. .uk. And then any other channels yes. you want people to reach out? Uh, the easiest way to, to, to get hold of anyone within TPLC is uh, either through a single mailbox called hello at tplc.uk. That mailbox is checked. It's not one just to uh, where junk mail goes or the other is they can email me direct and my email address is michael.richardson at tplc.uk brilliant well thanks for joining us michael really enjoyed the chat it's open open my eyes to a few things and we'll continue to track your progress at tplc over the next few years and see where all this tech leads us thank you simon thank you for your time